the scenes of the cross are so surreal as you think of what Jesus endured. The agony, the brutality of it. A lot of times we, we don't like thinking of those things. But that is actually what brought us to the place of salvation. The only way that the price for our sins could be paid for is if there was someone who was innocent who could go to the cross. And God knew that the only way that that could ever take place would be for his son to go to the cross. And so Jesus went to the cross and laid it all down and endured agony, torture, death. And eventually, three days later, victory for all of us so that we could walk in relationship with God as we choose to surrender our lives to him. You know, we are coming up on Easter. It's one week away. And next weekend, we will celebrate our risen Savior. And it is, isn't it absolutely amazing to know that through death, Jesus brought life to all of us? Isn't that awesome? That we can celebrate who he is on Easter weekend. So today, we're going to continue with our series that we began a few weeks ago called The Best Worst Day Ever. As we look to the worst day ever that Jesus endured so that we could make it through the bad days that we face in this world. That his worst day could be our best day. And to know that we can, when we face difficulties in life, we can overcome those things with the victory, the freedom, and the power of God at work within our lives. Well, let me take a moment to say good morning to everybody. It's good to see y'all. How's everybody doing today? It's hard to believe that we can have winter and summer all in one day. But it's Louisiana. Let's just go with it. Amen? And so I want to take a moment real quick, and also before we jump off into this series, I want to welcome anybody who is here for the first time. Uh, my name is Jay, and my wife Stacy and I are the pastors here at Journey, and it's a privilege to be able to have you uh, worship with us today here at Journey. We hope that you feel right at home, and I also want to take a moment and welcome all of those who are joining us online right now. It's great to have you tune in today and be able to be a part of this experience live as we experience the presence of God. So let's do this this morning, church family. Can we welcome all of those joining us online and our first-time guests as well? Let's give them a great big Journey Church welcome. Now, you, you heard Blake talk about Easter services next weekend. We are having five services, but there's a lot of stuff going on this week uh, that we have as a church. Uh, you know, we always take Easter as a great season of outreach here at Journey. We love to be the hands and feet of Jesus to our community. And so here, here's what's happening this week. You guys know for years we did the Great Egg Hunt. Last year the weather hampered us with that, so we actually adjusted it, and it turned into an, a phenomenal outreach where we do the Great Egg Hunt Home Edition, and we go out and pass out about 2,500 egg kits to families all throughout this community and in Watson. And so that's taking place next weekend as well. And so here's what we have this week. Wednesday night, everybody say Wednesday. Wednesday, we're having a great big Easter rally, prepping and preparing, getting ready for Easter. We need for you to come out and be a part of that. And so this Wednesday at 6.30 to 7 o'clock, we're going to have food. Uh, here in the South, we believe in eating some food, don't we? We, we surround everything with food, don't we? It, it, and I'll I tell you what, I'm glad we do, y'all. Because who wants to be somewhere up north where they're they eating like you know sticks and grass and stuff like that? But uh, here, we believe in eating good things like crawfish and uh, jambalaya and those kind of things. So we're going to have food Wednesday night, 6.30 to 7. And then at 7 o'clock, we're going to come in here, 
have a great time of getting ready for that outreach, preparing those egg bags. And then we're going to have a worship time. We're going to receive communion together. We're going to be praying over our Easter services, but also over all the Easter services going on at all the other churches in the area as well. And so Wednesday night, be here. And then for this outreach, we do need some help. We need your help. It's a family-friendly outreach. Uh, Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, we're going to meet here and take about two hours to go out into different neighborhoods. And it's great to be able to go and interact with people and, and just bless them with, with a kit with candy-filled Easter eggs for their kiddos. And so go online, take the journey.tv and sign up or use a connect card this morning as well and drop it at the Welcome Center. And uh, we look forward to seeing you here next Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, as we go out to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So look at your neighbor and say, I'll see you here. Now, we are looking at different scenes of the cross. And we are gaining perspective for the difficulties that we face in life. How many of you in here have ever had a difficult day? Raise your hand, okay? You might be having one right now. You're like, this is a terrible day. I don't know what's going on. The rain last night put me in a bad mood, and I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and I couldn't find my favorite pair of socks, and now I'm just mad, okay? Maybe you're having a difficult day. I don't know, but Jesus went through his worst day ever so that we can make it through the difficulties of life. When we are walking through a season where marriage is falling apart and it doesn't seem all that, when we are going through a time of financial difficulty, when maybe we're dealing with anxiety or stress or all these different things that come against us in life. Maybe you're facing temptation and, and you know, I, I know I shouldn't do that, but this temptation just keeps coming up and drawing me back into sin. Jesus faced what he faced on the cross so that we could have victory. Everybody say victory over all the difficulties that we face in life. And so last week what we saw is that Jesus, and this is amazing, it may, always amazed me, that is, as he's on the cross dying, he's teaching us. And as he's on the cross, he actually is teaching us. We saw last week about forgiveness. He got people all around him trying to kill him. And Jesus is up there like, Father, forgive them. You know, they don't really know what they're doing, so Lord, forgive them. And, and through that, we understood and la learned last week about forgiveness because so many times we hold on to stuff and it turns into anger, turns into bitterness, turns into all these types of things within our life. And, and last week we came to understand that just like Jesus, we can overcome uh, unforgiveness and we can walk in the love of Christ. And so this week what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about what it feels like to be alone. And maybe you're here and you say, well, Pastor, that's kind of weird. We're in a crowded room, you know, right now. People everywhere. And you're going to talk about being alone. Well, here's what it's like. Have you ever had one of those moments in life where maybe it feels like, like you're all alone? Even though you've got people all around you, you just feel like you're facing something by yourself. You're like, all, I'm, I'm all alone. And, and God, maybe it goes to this level. God, where are you? I'm going through this. I'm hurting. I'm wounded. I'm angry or whatever it is, and God, where are you? Why have you left me in this moment? I feel all alone. And for many of you in this room, maybe you have faced times of loneliness or maybe where you do feel alone. I had a, a moment about two years ago where it was just one of those moments where it was kind of, kind of, kind of all alone, and I was just like, man, it, it feels so weird with, without you know, the noise of the world and, and just kind of to be isolated and all this. I had stayed up at my camp uh, to hunt and the boys, they had to leave out. And we knew that that was the, the year for, for this past winter, or if you want to call this past winter, winter, uh, where we knew that some snow was coming. And I wanted to stay behind. I wanted to hunt in the snow. And so they said, well, Dad, there's not going to be anybody up here. Everybody's leaving, going home because things are icing up. And I'm like, you know what? It's cool. I'll be all right. 
And so uh, everybody left, and I got up the next morning at 5 o'clock, walked outside, and you could feel the weather coming, but it had not started. The wind was blowing, but it had not started snowing yet. And so I get in my boat, go across the lake, get in my duck blind, and as I'm sitting there, you could literally watch the weather change. That's one of the great things about being in the south. You can watch the weather change, you know. Uh, And so I'm sitting there, and uh, all of a sudden you can see like dark clouds coming, and the next thing you know it gets there, and it starts snowing, temperature drops, and you know what it's like if you're, it's snowing and everything's kind of muffled, like if you holler, you know, it's like kind of muffled, and so I'm sitting in my duck blind, and it's real quiet. All of a sudden there's like, all the birds stopped chirping, and just, it got quiet. And can I tell you, in that moment, it felt, because I knew nobody else was out there hunting. I was on that lake by myself, and I'm like, man, it's kind of lonely out here. Man, this is what it feels like to be all alone. And it felt great. Because <laughs> there wasn't all, all the, the cares of life pulling on me. and I had a thermos full of coffee, and coffee's good, y'all. Have my little heater right there, woohoo, you know. And I'm just sitting here, it's all alone. And in that moment, without all the noise of the world calling on me, I was just able to have some great interactions, some great worship time with God. And it's like, you know, I'm praying, just having a good time, feeling it's all, all alone out there, and just worshiping the God, having a great time. Then some ducks came in and I killed them. It was awesome, okay? So maybe you have had a moment in your life, maybe you're walking through it right now where you feel all alone. And Jesus, as he's hanging on the cross, he makes a statement that is one of those statements that just kind of always, it's kind of always rocked my world. And it's Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. If you have your Bible or you have your, your, your Bible app on your phone, don't forget your electronic bulletin is there in your Bible app. If you haven't downloaded the Version Bible app yet, uh, you can go on, on to the app store and download it. It's free. And in that app, we have our, our digital bulletin that has your sermon notes in it. Now, let me say this because I know that some people are hardcore paper people, okay? You're like, you know what? I need those notes in paper form. Every Sunday morning, we have paper notes at the, bu- at the Welcome Center. All you got to do is go by and say, hey, I need sermon notes, and they'll give you a paper copy. But uh, if you're anything like me, I like to test new things out and all that kind of stuff. I love the electronic version. It is absolutely amazing. And so, uh, but get those notes out and take notes with me today. Matthew chapter 27, verse 46. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's been beaten. He has uh, walked his way up to Calvary. And he's there on that hill. They've already nailed him to the to cross. They lifted him into position. He has a criminal on his right, has a criminal on his left. And at, at about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, this is what it says, verse 46. About 3 in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Now, I read that verse, and every time I read it, it just kind of rocks my world. And the reason it rocks my world is because Jesus knew why he was going to the cross. It's not like he was hanging on the cross like, what's going on? He knew exactly why he went to the cross. It was his very mission to come to this earth, go to the cross, because he knew that the only way that your sins, my sins, the sins of the world could be paid for was through his blood, through his death, through his burial. And then three days later, through his resurrection, 
we experience the life and victory that we find in him. Just like Blake said earlier, the very same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, his power and that Holy Spirit can be present within our lives as we surrender our life to Christ. And so here's Jesus, he's hanging on the cross, he makes this statement, he knew why he was on the cross, so why would he say that? Why would he say, God, where, where are you? You've forsaken me in the worst time of my life. I personally, and this is my opinion, I think that Jesus said that so that he could identify with all of us when we go through a difficult time in life. When we go through something where we feel all alone, when we go through something where we feel like, God, where are you? When we go through those why moments, and let's be honest here, we've all had them, right? You're in church, don't, don't, don't be lying. Amen. We, we've all had those moments where we're like, God, why is this happening? What, where are you? Why is this going on in my life? I, I don't understand. And here's the problem is that so many times we ask those questions. And then if we're not careful, those very whys and those very questions can become a stumbling block to us. Because then we begin to attach ultimatums to it. Well, God... I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that unless you answer my why. Or God, I'm not gonna do that unless you you give me the answers to why I'm facing this. And let's be honest here. There are some questions and some whys and some things we're gonna face on this side of heaven that we are never gonna have the answers to. And sometimes God is just saying, you know what? I'm your father. I know what's best. You're just gonna have to trust me, right? Because sometimes He knows that the things that we're walking through are for our best interest, even though they're painful. Have you ever faced something that was painful before that you walked through that on the other side of it you were like, you know what, I didn't like that at all, but I come out on the other side of it an even better person. And your heavenly father knows exactly what is best for your life. It's kind of like this. Years ago, the boys, they were, they were at the house and they were playing and they had made a ramp with their bikes and, and they're jumping their bikes off this ramp and all of a sudden I hear screaming outside and I'm like, what in the world? Go out there and Reese, he had an accident on his bike where, he, I th if memory serves me correctly, he, he went to jump and the front wheel came off his bike and when he went down, no wheel, the, the forks hit the ground, he goes over and the back like bolt on the bike, it caught him in the top of the head, split his head open. And the boys, I'm like, you know, what is, what is the deal here? You know, y'all come and get me to come outside. But like your brother, I mean, he's like, you know, bleeding everywhere, screaming. Why didn't y'all help him? And they were like, well, well, Dad, it was kind of funny. We were laughing, you know. I'm like, well, I got you there. It is pretty funny. Okay, look, the boy life, all right. Anybody feel me on that? I'm like, it is pretty funny, but, you know, you should have taken care of your brother, Okay. So anyway, I grab Reese, we go to Lake After Hours, they know us there, oh, Coleman, right? And we're like, yes, you know, frequent, you know, discount, you know, thing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so anyway, we go there, and they get him in the back, and, and they're preparing to stitch him up. And Reese says, he's like, I don't want to do this. And I'm like, so, well, son, you ain't got a choice, you know? Your head's laid wide open, if you don't stitch this up, it's going to be bad. Y your brains will pop out, you know? And... <laughs> And so anyway, we're there, and, and, and the doctor comes in with this needle, and they're going to clean him up and all this kind of stuff. And he's like, ah, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, hold on, doc. Let me have a moment with him because I have lots of compassion and love, and uh, I'll calm him down. And I said, son, listen, you have to do this because if they don't stitch up your head, it, it could get infected. 
And if they don't stitch up your head, it, it's not going to properly heal. So for you to heal, you, you've got to go. It's, look, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to hurt. Okay? They're going to stick a needle in your head. And I know, maybe my parenting methods, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> they're going to stick you in the head with a needle, and they, they're going to they're deaden it. And, all, and then they're going to stitch you up. And it's, I'm not going to lie to you. It's going to hurt. And he's looking at me like, why? And I'm like, but for you to heal properly, you've got to go through this. And guess what? They did all that. He screamed and hollered. I'm there. I'm like, hey, you know, come on, tough it up. You're a man. All that kind of, we made it through, and his head healed up, and he's good to go now all these years later. But the same thing applies within our life. So many times we face pain. We face difficulties. We face things that are hard. I don't want to do this. And God's saying, you know what? I'm going to bring you through it. It's going to be difficult. It's going to hurt. But on the other side of it, you're going to be better than you ever imagined. Because you're going to see my power and my glory evident within your life. And Jesus, he faced this day on the cross. He's all alone. He's got people around him screaming and hollering and, and cursing him. And he said, Father, where are you? What's going on? I believe that he did that. He said that so that he could identify with us. And whenever you get into Scripture, there's a book in the Old Testament, a lot of people know about that's actually devoted to the, to the times whenever life just doesn't make sense. It's the book of Job. And you get into this book, and what's crazy about it, you see that Job was this guy who loved God. He had his life together. He was a man of honor and integrity. But then his life fell apart. And you're like, what in the world? Because Job, you read his story and you see that, that his, kids, his kids died, his possessions were taken away. You see he gets sick in his body. You see that his wife is there nagging him. Instead of his wife coming alongside and encouraging him, building up, Job, everything's going to be okay. She's like, you know what, just go ahead and curse God so he'll take you out. You know, I'm like, man, that's rough right there. But here, here's his, this is going on in his, in his life and he still refused to blame God. He still actually honor God and he realized you you get through the book and you realize that Job understood that God always says the final say so in everything in fact you get towards the end of the book Job 42 2 Job makes a statement he says I know that you can do all things speaking of God no purpose of yours can be thwarted in other words God I don't always understand what's going to happen but I understand and know that you can do all things and everything that you do in this world it has a purpose uh, attached to it and so here's what I love about Job's story one thing stands clear in this story that as Job is going through his difficulties as he's facing all this darkness within his life he grows closer to God he begins to understand just really how big God is and he begins to understand the love of God because in the end of the story this is cool uh, at the end of the story God actually restores everything to Job and here's the problem so many times we want the restoration actually before we go through the time of pain within our life. God, I want all the good stuff, but I don't want to have to go through, through the time of trying and the time of pain where you're working all the things out of my life that need to be worked out. And, and, and I would dare say that everybody in this room, we all want to be blessed, right? right are y'all here? Yeah. We, we want to be blessed, right? But so many times we've got to go through things in life where the Lord is working on us and changing us and shaping us and healing us. And sometimes there's even pain that is attached to that. And so I love this story of Job because the closer as we go through life, the closer we grow with God, the more we learn to trust him. And there is the word that I hope above everything else you walk away from this message with today, that you gain in trust in God. God, I don't understand. I don't know why. And sometimes I want my answers to the questions that I have in life. 
But you know what? Honestly, sometimes we're not going to get the answers we want. We just have to learn to trust God, right? And so one of the things that I have learned throughout my life is that if we're going to go through life and we face difficulties, man, what a great time for us to draw closer to God in our relationship with Him. And what I've discovered is when we are drawing closer to God in those times, His, our assurance in Him grows. He fills our life and our heart with His assurance and with His peace. And Hebrews actually talks about this. It says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. Notice that. It doesn't say let us draw back from God with a lot of questions. It says let us draw near to God with a sincere heart. And look what it says. And with full, everybody say full, full assurance of faith. God, I don't understand. I got questions, but guess what? I'm still going to draw close to you with full assurance of you in my life. Because I know that no matter what I face in this world, you are a faithful God. And so today, what I want to do is I want to help you understand a few things that this verse helps us with as we go through life. Because guess what? If you're not facing a difficult time right now, you might say, you know, everything's great. You will eventually face a difficult time. I have discovered that life comes in seasons right? Not just uh, spring, uh, summer, fall, winter, uh, or, or as we have here in Louisiana, it's just all the same. But I've discovered that life comes that way. You go through a season where things are great. Then you go through a season where things are not so great. Then you go through a mediocre season. Then you go through a season where it's like, man, everything's falling apart. What's going on? And through those different seasons, what's happening is God is shaping us, changing us, forming us. And this is what I've discovered in my life. The rainy seasons, the difficult seasons, those are the seasons that if I will draw close to God, that I grow the most in my relationship with God. And that's what he wants. And so today, let me share with you a few things that we talk about assurance, understanding that God is faithful, what we will begin to understand from these. And here's what I have for you today is, first of all, you need to know that God, no matter what you're facing, God's always there. Okay? God is always. Everybody say always. He's always there. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to take off on you. And even in the times where you feel all alone, God's still there. I'm sitting in that duck blind in the middle of that lake in Mississippi, all by myself, snowing, all that kind of stuff. And there was nobody there. But guess who was there? God was. And he whispered some things into my heart while I was there. And you may feel today like, well, okay, Pastor, I hear you say that, but man, God's far away from me. I, I even feel like he's abandoned me. Like, what's going on? I don't quite understand. And guess what? You need to understand that wherever you are, even if you don't feel him, he's right there in the middle of what you're facing with you. Whatever it is, no matter how difficult it is, God is always there. I know that some years ago, and, and, I, and I reference this a lot, I asked Stacy actually yesterday, I said, you know, I'm going I'm to share this, and I know I've shared it before, but am I referencing this too much? And she said, no, I, I think that the people in the church, they understand because we all face this together. I know that sitting on my front porch in August of 2016, 
whenever I had just left the church and we saw everything here devastated and destroyed and, and I'm hugging people in front of the church who have, who, who have just faced the same things within their life and we leave and we're driving through all the neighborhoods and we get to our house and, and we see all the devastation and, and see our neighbors and the sadness in their eyes and the very next day I'm sitting on my front porch, I just had enough. And I'm sitting on the front porch of my house, surrounded with debris and surrounded with devastation and destruction. And I remember just sitting there, and, and, and this was what I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done, I quit. I'm tired. I, you know, we, we've been, as, as a church, we've been under construction. We've been building for the last, you know, I think at that point, nine years. And there's just been a lot going on. We built this house, and, 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 and we're giving everything. God, I'm, I'm done. I quit. I'm moving to Colorado. There's mountains and snow, and, and it's beautiful there. And, and I think they just had like tons of blizzards this winter. Thank God. And I moved to Colorado. And, this is, and in that moment, I felt like, God, where, where are you? I've given my life to building your kingdom. I poured my life into building this community. What, what is going on? Why? And this is what the Lord in that moment whispered to me. He said, I didn't call you to Colorado. I called you right here to be a part of what's going on right now. And everything that you've ever faced, I've been with you through it. And this is what I walked away from that moment. I was like, amazing, God. And my wife, she'll bear testimony to this. From that moment on, all I would say is to everything that we faced was this, is God is faithful. No matter what we have faced in this world, no matter how bad it is, God is there with us through those things. God is always right in the middle of those things with us. And he is a faithful God. Amen? And we look into the word and we see that Jesus is hanging on a cross and he's crying out to his father. He's saying, where are you? And Hebrews 13, 5 reminds us of this. It's where God says, never will I leave you. Never will I forsake you. And you need to know that even on your worst day, God's right there with you. Amen? And here's the next thing that you need to know is that God's always right on time. No matter what it is, no matter how difficult it is, God is always. Everybody say always. He's always right on time. And there might be times that you feel like, God, man, God, you're late. Or God, you need to rescue me. I'm facing this. It's hard. But you need to know something. Oftentimes, God does not step in when we think he should because he wants to teach us something. And so many times, we're time-oriented. God, now, now, now. And I'm an on-time person. I actually uh, threw this into the message in the first service. My wife was not in here, and I took my liberties. And uh, I'm like, she's not here, so I can share this. And then she popped in the back door, and she's like, what you saying about me? But... I, I shared with everybody how I'm an on-time person. My dad raised me with the mindset of, you're not 10 minutes early, you're 10 minutes late. He's a military man, retired from the Air Force after 20 years of service. And uh, he raised me that way. You've you, you got to be early, 10 minutes early. And my wife, not so much. <laughs> She's kind of one that, honestly, she maybe 10 minutes late, you know? Is that fair? Okay. Okay. About 10 minutes late, okay? And so for years, man, I'm going to tell you, I'll be honest, it caused frustration. I'm like, woman, 
I didn't really do that. Oh. Like, we, come on, we're, we're not 10 minutes early, we're 10 minutes late. Frustration and all this kind of stuff. And eventually she's just like, you know, whatever. And so what happened was 10 minutes early, 10 minutes late, eventually we balanced each other out. Now we're right on time, okay? And I just had to chill with it. And I'm going to tell you something. You might be a 10 minutes early person, kind of like, God, why aren't you acting before we even get to this issue? Before we even face this problem in life, why aren't you dealing with it before I get there? You need to understand God is not a 10 minutes early. He's not a 10 minutes late. He's a right on time kind of God. And whatever it is that you are facing, he's going to be right on time on his time frame because he wants to teach you something. Okay? You, you go through the word and you see all types of stories where this is true. And in Acts chapter 16, I love this scripture. Here's Paul and his buddy Silas. They're in a jail cell. They're out preaching the gospel, telling everybody about the love of Jesus. And they got arrested. They got beat up really bad. And then they throw them in prison. And these guys are sitting in a prison cell. And they're grumbling. And they're complaining. They're like, God, I don't understand. What's the problem here? You know, we're out telling people about you, telling them about what Jesus did on the cross for them. And you let us get beat up. What in the world? God, you let us get thrown in this prison? That's not what they're doing. I just threw that in there. Here's what they're doing. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They're gaining influence for the, with the other prisoners because of the way that they're approaching their difficulties. Instead of grumbling, griping, complaining, belly aching, cussing, whatever... They're honoring God and worshiping God right there in the middle of the difficulty. And because of this, they're gaining influence with the people all around them. They're saying, you know what? Wow, what a representation of Jesus right here in front of us. Well, we learned something from that. Look what happens. Now, understand this. When you see this word in Scripture, you know something good is about to happen. Suddenly. Everybody say, suddenly. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Now, I would dare say that that was something big. You agree with that? Now, do you think that would have happened if they'd have been grumbling, complaining, belly aching, pitching a fit? No, right there in the middle of where they were, the difficulty. God didn't move before or settle the issues before. He settled the issues right at the time that he wanted to be able to settle them. And the reason why is because if you go on and read the story, you understand that the jailer, the one of real influence within the jail, he saw what happened. He surrenders his life to Christ. His entire family surrenders their life to Christ all because of Paul and Silas's response to the difficulties that they were facing. And what we learn from this and take from this is oftentimes God will take us through a process to grow us, to mature us, to strengthen us. And God didn't rescue them when they were in the middle of the beating. God didn't rescue them when they were getting beat up. God stepped in while they were praising him. So get this, when you are walking through something that is difficult, check your attitude, check your heart. And say, Holy Spirit, change the things inside of me. Change my grumbling and griping into praise for God. Because when I begin to praise God and honor him in the midst of my difficulties, I know that God's changing something inside of me. Because that goes against my human nature and character. 
But God, help me to praise you and honor you even in the times that are difficult. So God is always right on time. Amen? Y'all kind of quiet today. Now, here's the next one. I love this one. God always, everybody say always. God always knows best. Now, here's the truth. We think we know best, right? But He knows best. And here's the truth. It's easy to look at different ones within the Bible, different heroes of the faith. We look at them and we say, you know what? I see all the things that God did through their lives. I see that God used them to make a difference in their day and age. And I, man, I look at, at David and Goliath. He's standing in, in front of this giant and, and he took him down with a slingshot. I hear the story of Noah and I hear the story of all these different, you know, great heroes of the faith in the New Testament. God, how come you, how come you don't do things like that through me? And we get discouraged. God, I don't understand. How come I didn't get swallowed by a whale? How come I've never stood in front of a giant with a slingshot? God, what in the world? We get discouraged so many times whenever we see these heroes of the faith because we build them up and look at all the conquests within their life, the amazing things that God did through their lives. But when you think of all these stories of Moses and Noah and Abraham and David and all these different ones, there's a ton of people in the Bible, oftentimes the end result for, for them was a very difficult one. Oftentimes, the ones that we look at in the Bible that are heroes of the faith, they were mistreated, they were in prison, they were martyred, they, they were, they were, I love the story of Isaiah that, you know, you look at this great prophet in the Old Testament, you're like, man, that was awesome, God used him in such an amazing way, but you may not realize that they killed him and they stuck him in a log and they sawed it in half. That's pretty horrible. That Peter, this great, uh, you know, the one that stood up at the day of Pentecost and he preached and proclaimed the gospel and thousands of people came to Christ and he was instrumental in the early church being birthed, that he actually was crucified upside down on a cross. We look at these heroes of the faith and we don't see the things that they had in their life that were so hard. The Hebrews 11 says it this way, it says, these were all commended for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us. Talking about the hall of faith here and what Jesus did for all of us at the cross. And here's the thing, you think of that because we're talking about God always knows best. How many prayers have you prayed that thank God they didn't come true? Think about that. I oftentimes think of, of my wife and whenever I was in high school, and all the, one, all the young ladies that I would say, she's the one. Lord, mm -hmm. please let her be the one. And then she wasn't the one. And there'll be another one like, oh, Lord, please. And then she wasn't the one. And then... I surrendered my heart to Jesus and began to serve the Lord. And exactly one month, everybody hold up one finger. One month. I was lonely. I was serving the Lord, but I, I lost all my friends. Because, you know, they, you know, hey, look, you're not going to go do all these things with us. I'm like, get out of here. I'm like, I don't want to be around all that. I, I'm, I'm serving the Lord. I'm lonely. Got it. I've given my heart to you. I'm serving you. I, I'm, I'm growing in you. What, what's going on? And in one month, 
after I surrender my heart to the Lord. I meet this girl, young lady, and we go out on a date, and I said, Lord, please. Let, and, I, and I knew, y'all. I did. I just, I just knew it because she's hot. <laughs> I said, please let her be the one. And Stacy, she's on the, I didn't know, she's on their side. She's like, Lord, please let him be the one. Because he's hot. <laughs> and, and now I look back because we got Facebook now. You look back and you see ones in high school and you're like, Lord, thank God. <laughs> Whoo. Thank you, Jesus. But God, <laughs> that's just funny right there. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. God, he always knows what is best. You say, well, how, how is that? Isaiah 55. God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts higher than yours. In other words, God always knows best. Amen? So you're going through a difficult time right now. Understand that God is faithful. And God knows what is best. He's right on time. He's always there. And get this in your heart. And the last thing I'm going to close out with is God always cares about you. Well, don't feel like he cares about me. Can't go with feelings. Can't go with emotions. You got to go with what you know. And guess what? No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, no matter how difficult it is, God loves you and cares for you. Give me some proof, Pastor Jay. He sent his son Jesus to the cross for you. He gave his son for you. James 5.11. He talks about Job. And he says, you've heard of Job's perseverance. Remember, he went through difficulties. And you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. Look at, look at the last eight words here. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Thank goodness he is a compassionate God. Thank goodness he is a merciful God. And thank goodness he is a God who will always care about you. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes just for a moment. And I don't know what you're facing right now, but guess what? The God we serve knows exactly what you're going through. And today, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in a moment to respond to the Lord. To let the Holy Spirit touch your heart and begin to heal you and work on you and change you. His presence is here today. But for some of you in this room, the first step for you is to surrender your life to Christ. See, you've been trying to figure everything out. You've been trying to do things on your own. And here's what you need to know is that one day, just like me, just like everyone, you'll stand before God and give an account of your life. And at that point, your good works, your religiosity, your knowledge, it's not going to get you into heaven. The only thing that will get you into heaven at that point is knowing that you have surrendered your life to Christ and that you have let Jesus become Lord and Savior of your life. Not then, but while you're here on this earth. That's the way that you hear the word spoken. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And maybe today 
you've not taken that step, you've never surrendered your life to Christ, you've never embraced Jesus as Lord and Master and Savior. And today you realize that you need to do that. You need to let Jesus come and live inside of your heart. You need to let him change you. And you need to let him be Lord. Every eye closed, every head bowed. If you would say, Pastor, today I'm ready to take that step to let Jesus become Lord of my life. Then I want to pray with you here in a moment. There may be others of you in this room right now that you would say, well, Pastor, I had a relationship with Christ in my heart. It, it's, it slipped away from him. I got caught up in busyness and anxiety and difficulties and sin or whatever it might be. And my heart has drifted from God. Today you realize that you need to renew your commitment to Christ. You need to get your heart right with Him all over again. And today, I want to pray with you as well. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody moving around, this is, this is such a special moment. If you would say, Pastor Jay, I want to be a part of that prayer, I'm not going to embarrass you. But if you would say, I want to be a part of that prayer today, then raise your hand right where you are. Let me see, is there anybody in this room? I see you right here. Ma'am, I see you right here, right over here. I see you in the back over here. Is there anyone else? Don't miss this. I see you right here. Then right where you are, you talk to the Lord. You pray. Open up your heart even further. Just talk to Him. And church, family, let's pray this prayer with these ones who raised their hands. Let's pray this together, loud enough where we can hear it with our own ears. Now here's that prayer. I want you to say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. You went to the cross for me. You paid the price for my sin. And today by faith, I receive what you did. Jesus, I admit to you, I'm a sinner. And today I ask for your forgiveness. I repent for my sin. Through your precious blood, today make me brand new. Change me. I surrender my life to you. I give you everything that I am. And Jesus, come live inside of my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. And today I thank you for the mercy and compassion that you extend to my life. In Jesus' name I pray.